0: Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. This week we're discussing Heir to the Shadows by Anne Bishop. This is book two in the Black Jewels series. There are some trigger warnings for rape and sexual assault and animal death for this book and episode and also for the book, Still Lots of Murder. Uh, so um, monitor yourselves appropriately. I will introduce our characters and Vicky will take off with our plot. So for our characters, we have Janelle Angeline. She is our main character still. In this book, she is ages 12 to 20. At the end of the last book, Janelle was brutally raped. And after healing her body, she went to the Twisted Kingdom as she could not cope with the trauma that she had experienced um, in the present. And so her crystal chalice, which is like one's, a uh, state of mind or essence or soul had shattered as a result of the trauma that she experienced and had to be reassembled for her to return to the waking world, um, mentally intact. And so in this book, we see her heal and learn mastery of her powers and also make friends. Uh, we have Damon Sadi. He is a black jeweled black widow male. At the end of the last book, he had shattered the ring of obedience that kept him enslaved to Dorothea, Sa Diablo, and was able to help Satan rescue Janelle from Tyreel. Um, However, his chalice was also shattered when he was in the Twisted Kingdom trying to get Janelle to return back to her body. So he is very fragile. At the end of the last book and ends up stuck in the Twisted Kingdom for most of this book, we have Lucifer, Lucivar Yaslana, who is Damon's brother. He is an Aryan warlord with an Ebon gray jewel, which means he has wings and is one of the most powerful males in the realm, um, second to like Damon and the other black jeweled fellas. He is enslaved to Zolta and Pruel, who has imprisoned him in the salt mines, which is basically a death sentence for him. Um, and then we have Satan, Sa Diablo, who is a guardian, the ruler of hell, and Janelle's adopted father. He is demon dead, black jeweled, and the father to both Damon and Lucivar. And some other people in this book, we see him settling into his role of Janelle's parents and uh, nursing her back to health um, and maintaining her recovery after she is attacked in the last book, uh, but also continuously fending off attacks and subversions from Hecata, his ex-wife who desires to use Janelle to become the high priestess and rule all of the realms. We have Surreal. She is an assassin, a sex worker, and probably the closest thing that Damon has to a friend. Her mother, Tishan, was murdered when she was a child, and Tishan is now the leader of the Harpies in Hell. Surreal is continuously working to. Um, avenge her mother and in this book serves almost as like a, a little bit of a caretaker role for uh, Damon as he is stuck in the Twisted Kingdom. Uh, we have Dorothea Sadiablo, who is our big bad guy in this series after Damon shattered her control over him in the last book she spends every moment of this book fearing that he's going to seek retribution against her for the centuries of torture that he endured endured at her hand and she is determined to find him we have the kindred which are animals like um wolves and unicorns and some horses and uh, types of cats and just all kinds of critters that have um blood. So they have some of the same blood that like our other characters in this book have that make them magical. And so these kindred, the animals, they have magical abilities like the rest of our characters. This book takes place in a few realms. So the majority of this book is spent in Kalir, which is the shadow realm. Um, this is where a lot of the mythical creatures reside. It is the realm between real and Hell, and Uh, The blood that do reside here have mostly continued to live according to the old way. So like following protocol and honoring women and not just blindly enslaving and torturing males. Um, So most of the book takes place here. That's where Satan has a hall and where Janelle is raised. Um, but we also have some events that take place in Hell, which is where Satan rules and where the demon dead reside, um, and where Hecata lives. Uh, we have Even Ascavi, which is also known as the Keep, and is the only territory that exists in all three realms: surreal, Kullir, and Hell. And it serves as a sanctuary for the witch. It is where Janelle stays when she recovers and is home to an enormously extensive library, which is kept by Jeffrey and Draca. and um, it's where the mysterious Lorne lives. We have Taril, which is the realm of light and is mostly abandoned the old ways of the blood. Um, which has resulted in a tainting of the realm, courtesy of Dorothea, Sa Diablo, the ruler of the realm, and Hecata, who have bastardized the blood and they're scheming to gain power. And then we also have the Twisted Kingdom, which is not really a place, but is kind of a place. It's like the place that a person goes mentally to protect themselves, but they will present um, as having like a type of psychosis um, in. Reality, Nikki. Tell us what
1: happens in this book. Okay, so the very first part of the book is directly after the events of the last book. Um, Satan goes to the Dark Council to ask for custody of Janelle after her rape. Um, it needs to be a unanimous vote, and at first it's not unanimous. So then he kills some of the ones who voted against him, and he gets custody of her. And like um, you said, so there are time jumps in this. But um, he keeps Janelle a secret. So he claims that she's died and is part of the demon dead. And this gets out to almost everyone. And it pleases Hecate, his ex-wife, as she believes her biggest rival is gone. She also uses this information to twist um, Lucifer, Damon, and Satan's relationship. Lucifer is told that Damon killed Janelle and he's furious. When Damon comes to help him escape Lucifer tells him that he will kill him for what he did to Janelle. Damon's mind is incredibly fragile and open to suggestion after the events of the last book and he starts falling into the twisted kingdom. For most of the rest of this book Damon spends his time in the twisted kingdom. A few years pass and Janelle has yet to wake up. Her chosen family in hell tries to remain optimistic and Satan tries to reach her a few times However, it isn't until Char, one of the demon-dead children, called to Janelle that she is close enough in the web for Satan to reach her. She finally comes out of her healing coma, but she's not quite herself. She does not remember the last few months before her rape, and she even forgot Damon. She seems shy and scared of people. However, her family and hell do their best to slowly help her. She remains withdrawn from people despite Satan trying to encourage her to make living friends, and even arranging it so that she can learn basic craft and healing from Lucifer's mother. It isn't until the kindred start showing up that Janelle starts to come out of her shell more. Everyone is awed at the kindred. While people knew that they existed, they did not realize the extent of their power. Um, Some of the kindred are even warlord princes. Janelle is now surrounded by people and kindred who love and care for her. So she starts to open up a bit more and agrees to invite her previous friends. While everyone is worried that no one will show up, it quickly becomes apparent that Janelle's friends have not forgotten her. As also talking to Satan to see the powerful friends that she has. Ten are witch queens. Of those ten, two are natural black widows and healers. Additionally, of the males who visit, four are warlord princes. Satan is overwhelmed by the implications. He's happy for Janelle to have her friends, but they're also all very outspoken. To his dismay, they all decide to spend the summer with Janelle and Janelle and her friends enjoy the summer together. They get to work on their studies and skills with some of the best teachers because many of the teachers are demon dead. However, the dark court is suspicious of Satan and Hecta has spread rumors that he is abusing Janelle. They demand to see Janelle and Satan in their home. He agrees but tells Janelle that she needs to be on her best behavior. Obviously, this doesn't happen. One of the council members implies that Satan is molesting her and Janelle loses it and she almost kills everyone in the room. This leads to the Dark Council reevaluating Satan's guardianship over Janelle. Meanwhile, Lucifer manages to escape the salt mines and while he does not intend to- on living, he gives the guards a good chase. When he's exhausted, he falls from the sky. Luckily, he is found and taken to Janelle for healing. Lucifer is thrilled that she is alive, as he has been waiting on her for centuries. He promises to serve her, and she informs him that she is not planning to have a court. He basically ignores this, though. She comes home one day and looks terrible. He demands to know what happened, and while she does not tell him exactly what happened, she informs him that one of the stipulations to her staying with Satan was that she would go to Little Tyrell for one week a month. When she comes back from these trips, though, she is always haunted. Lucifer asks why, and she tells him that it reminds her of her life before hell. She does not trust anyone there, and the boys are pushy. Knowing this upsets Lucifer, but he reminds her to go for the groin. Hecata is still scheming. She found out that Janelle is still alive and wants to try to shape her into a cruel queen. On one of her visits to little Tyrell, Hecate has someone slip Janelle a drug to make her compliant, and she ends up marrying someone. When the male tries to consummate the marriage, though, Janelle kills him. Lucifer finds out that this was not the only drug that Janelle was given. She was also given a drug that causes the person to experience extreme arousal without being able to get any relief. Now he had been drugged by that a few times, so he knows another way to satisfy the energy is through violence. He takes Janelle out to the woods, and after a few days and lots of emotion, she finally starts to come down. It doesn't last too long though, because the village near where Janelle and Lucifer were staying is being attacked by Chinka, they struggle for a few days to protect the village, but the enemy just keeps coming. Eventually, Janelle manages to kill thousands of them all at once, and everyone's awed by her power. When Janelle returns, she finds out that something has upset Tersa. She goes back, she goes to her, and Tersa mentions the name Damon. All of a sudden, Janelle's memories come back. She's furious that they hadn't looked for him and decides to find him herself. Despite her failure in getting Janelle wed, Hecata is still trying to rule over all the realms. She wants to start taking over Kalir and pushes to change some immigration laws to let more people through and to make it easier for her to establish a foothold. She makes a grave error though. She promises the kindred's territory. When Hecata's immigrants start trying to take kindred land, they slaughter the unicorns. And this is the last straw for Janelle. In order to protect her family and friends, she knows that she has to make the offering and set up her court. So spoilers ahead. So how was this read for you? So this one was a lot better than the first one.
0: (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) I I really don't think I could have gone on if it had been the same as the last one. So that's an improvement at least. Um, Yeah, I liked this one a lot better. Certainly just the lack of like all of the raping and the sexual assaulting and the slavery and the incest was great. Um, But this book was a lot lighter, just the tone of it. Um, And the overall action within the plot was much lighter than the first one. So thank goodness. This one was much better. What did you think of it?
1: Yeah, it reminded me of why I liked the series so much. Like after that reread of the first one, I was like, oh gosh why did I like this <laughs> and then we got to this one I was like oh right this is yeah. why <laughs> Um, yeah I really liked it you get, you get to see Janelle growing up and everything like that and I know what you mean though on like your first read you're like something bad's got to happen she's going to be taken away from Satan and her friend, friends and everything but she doesn't yeah yeah <clears throat>
0: So it was much better. Um, I, um, yeah, I felt like I was able to move through this story a whole lot faster too. Like I didn't have to keep putting it down and recenter myself because of all of the ter- terrible things that were happening. So um, I did feel like because of all of the terrible things that happened in the last book, I kept waiting for like the shoe to drop. Like I kept waiting for something horrible to happen. And I feel like there, it's almost like a jump scare with the amount of almost terrible things that happen in this book without actual, it's like Janelle almost like does get married and almost raped, but she murders the guy. Um, and then they almost kill all of the unicorns, but they don't kill all of them. Right. She almost gets taken away from Satan. Uh, but she doesn't. So there's a lot of near, near scares in there which is better than the last book. I So when you said Damon spent most of the, the book in the Twisted Kingdom, I didn't realize he was going to spend like all of the book in the <laughs> Twisted Kingdom.
1: He spends all, well, he, at the beginning, he's not really in it. For like then, two seconds, he is not in it. And I'm then sorry, should have
0: been. Almost immediately within the Twisted Kingdom. It took me so long to understand why he got there. Because at the end of the last book, I mean, things were fragile, but he was good. Mm -hmm. And then it's like almost immediately into this book, he gets into the Twisted Kingdom. And I was just very confused as to how he got there. But Janelle explains how fragile he actually was and like literally anything could have broken him and sent him back into the twisted kingdom and so it makes sense that being accused of raping her and not completely remembering everything that happened was enough to send him there
1: yeah especially by um you know his brother yeah yeah i felt so bad for him
0: yeah I mean, it was really sad because it, I mean, just the way that it was described of him being in the Twisted Kingdom, it's like torture the whole time. He feel mm-hmm. because he thinks that he is the one that raped Janelle because mm-hmm. that's what, um, that's what, oh shoot. What's his name? Lucifer was told and mm-hmm. Damon couldn't remember what happened. And so Lucifer accuses him of that and He doesn't know enough about what happened to not believe that that's true. And so he thinks he's raped her the whole time. And so the words like butchering whore and you are my instrument and there's just so much blood, like those are the words on repeat. And so that's what he experiences for seven, eight years. Mm
2: -hmm. No,
0: it's six years. And then he spends two years getting out of the twisted kingdom
1: yeah um and it's interesting that you see how like words can have such an impact on people with him because mm-hmm. at some point um surreal says to him well maybe he was misinformed right and then after that damon clings to the island of maybe which loved that imagery by the way yeah. but like that's that one thing like one person saying like maybe he was misinformed and he's like Oh my God, yes, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There were, so I feel like we have more use of like nice imagery in this story. Again, I wish that there had been more like world building and development, just like in terms of description of where we're at. Although I do feel like we get a little bit more of that. We just get to see more of Kaleer, I feel like, whereas in the last book, most of it took place into the real. And we didn't see a whole lot maybe outside of like Janelle's garden and getting to ride horses and stuff. So I feel like we get to explore just more of the area in this book, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. Part of what I like about fantasy is that a lot of fantasy authors use their stories to craft a world that you can see like I feel like in the A guitar books and in throne of glass, even in the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings books. And even when I read like the wheel of time books or Harry Potter, like they're fantasy and we can kind of glean an idea of what that world looks like based on the author's words. And I feel like that's where this story is maybe lacking a little bit. Like what do their clothes look like? They wear pants sometimes. And dresses sometimes, but I don't. Are they corseted? Like, what do they? So, I, I feel like we got more description of the world in this book. Mm-hmm. I would have been satisfied if we had had even more of it, though.
1: Yeah, I think there are two things in this book that are kind of, or in the series that are kind of missing. It's like the world building, the description of it, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of it is like it's clearer, but it's still not like as. Like, and she clearly, the author clearly has this world in her mind. Yeah. Like, this makes sense to her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to see it on the page. And then the other thing that this book is lacking too, we also don't have Janelle's point of view again. Yeah. I wonder if we ever get it. I don't remember the third book. I mean, maybe we get it in the third book. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So frustrated by it.
2: Mm-hmm. Less
0: so, I think in li- this book, it's less frustrating because she's not a car- a character that's being talked about so much by the other characters. Like she's being talked about because she's in the present with them. Right. Whereas in the last book, they were talking about her, but she wasn't with them. She was like bouncing around to a bunch of different wel- realms and doing things. And they were just hearing about what was going on. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're missing out on her life in this book like we were in the last book because we can actually see through the other characters' perspectives what she's doing. Yep, But she wasn't as much
1: of a mystery in this book.
0: Right, yeah. It still would have been nice because we get, I mean, again, like probably five or six different perspectives in this story. <laughs> its It would have been nice for one of them to be hers.
1: Yeah. Because it's, the series is about her But it's also without her at the same time, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's meant to highlight, like, so she's meant to be like the beacon, right? She is the center of this, like, um like all of the circles and all of the support and all of the roles and the things around her. Like they talk about her inner circle and then she's got a steward and an escort and a consort and all of these other things. And so, but it all comes down to like the importance of her and them serving her. And so I don't know if lacking her perspective is meant to highlight how central she is to everyone else. The imagery of the Twisted Kingdom is one of the places that the author really is nice and using descriptive wording, though.
1: Yes, I, I completely agree. When um, Janelle manages to set up markers, you know, mm-hmm. for him to go, like I highlighted like that whole page.
0: Yes, I love that. So that's like way at the end of the book. But she, it like leaves him breadcrumbs to guide him out of the Twisted Kingdom which and lessons he says at one point like she leaves him a patch of grass that he can rest in she leaves him uh lessons for things that he can learn on his way out I mean it feels like an interactive game for a child it
1: does because he has to relearn everything
2: hmm mm-hmm.
1: yeah I I liked that and yeah. like when he tried to push, where when he couldn't go any further, like however she had it set up, she had it set up so that it would stop him mm-hmm. from going like pushing too hard. So he would have to take a rest. Mm-hmm. Same thing, like he couldn't go back. He wanted to go back with this. She basically like shut the door on him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And also his decision to leave. So he's on this like island, right? The mm-hmm. bumpy, squishy ground underneath him. And so she calls to him and creates like this bridge that he has to cross and there's this really nice description of him crossing the bridge and there are sharks on either side of the bridge and the sharks are like the words that have hurt him in the past so like butchering whore and so there's this imagery of Janelle knocking an arrow and pulling it back and shooting the shark that mm-hmm. is the butchering whore and then the other words like it's sort of her vanquishing these things that are keeping him isolated on the island so that he can start to make the journey out it's really lovely I highlighted a lot of that passage to you in terms of like the image that's created in my mind I would say that that's probably the most solid mental image that I got in reading this story mm-hmm. and probably my favorite description of a, of
1: a, of a scene that was occurring so not every most people don't know that damon is in the twisted kingdom um one of them is Dorothea, who yeah. spent like what centuries torturing him mm-hmm. Ugh, i hate that woman she female is, bitch, I don't know is, mm-hmm. she's a bitch let's call
0: mm-hmm. it let's call a spade a spade <laughs> this person is terrible i hate her so much. And I hope that she lives in terror and dies a horrible, painful, brutal death. I don't know. Maybe someone will put like one of those torturing cock rings around her boobs or something. I don't know. I just feel like she should suffer. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to be a quick death. She needs to be in pain.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: she is the worst um but I do love that she spends like every moment terrified that Damon's gonna turn up and like jump out of her closet and murder her for all of the torture that she put yes
1: it's like every time she opens the door she's like is this it is this him Mm -hmm. yeah
0: is today the day am I gonna die today like yeah I love that and I also love how annoyed she is by Hecata in this book and being inconvenienced by her Mm -hmm. like I think that's so great because she was the person that Hecate is the person that Dorothea ran to a lot in the first book and now Hecate is showing up on Dorothea's step a lot like because the bad things are like she's getting screwed in hell basically and Hecate is like again Mm -hmm. yeah I'm just very satisfied with the level of annoyed that Dorothea is in this book. Yes me too. Uh, We also find out that Janelle laid a trap for all of the uncles in Briarwood with a disease that slowly kills them and Cartain is suffering a
1: lot. Yes I loved that so much. Right? Like he's got like a pain in his back that won't go away or something. Right. And so she took him to a bunch of doctors. And then when she fa- saw the connection that it was all these people connected to Briarwood mm-hmm. and what was going on there, she was like, no, there's nothing wrong because she gaslights him. There's nothing yes. wrong with you. You're just, you're fine.
0: Yes. Yeah. I love that. Like there's very clearly something wrong with him, but we can't find what it is. And all of these other people are having problems. So I'm just going to tell him there's something wrong with him. <laughs>
1: it's on it's on brand for her character
0: though yeah it is yeah just mind over matter that yeah Mm
1: -hmm. but um uh at some point um surreal has this conversation with rose from briarwood who's dead she's like a ghost i guess right i don't i don't totally understand all these like different layers of being dead but um and I really like this because it like gave me chills almost. So Rose says, Briarwood is the pretty poison. There's no cure for Briarwood. Um, and Surreal asks, is it painful? And Rose says, to each will come what he gave. Speaking of the uncles and Briarwood. And um, Surreal let the bastard scream. I was like, yes. Yes. It's a very, I very satisfying that. moment. Yeah. Yes then let the bastard scream. I just, I love that. Yes. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So the awful doctor from the last book, he's dead. Janelle's uncle slash dad, Robert Benedict is dead. Cartain is, I guess, doing like a very slow death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Everyone is suffering and it is glorious. Yeah, yeah. Um. So Janelle spends two years in a in a coma,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and hangs out just like in the keep, and is healing in that time. And um, it's really in in that time. So we see Satan going to the council to petition for guardianship of her. Mm-hmm. And I this is how the book starts. I think it's the prologue. And I just love that he basically
1: turns to ash everyone who disagrees yes i know they're like the vote has to be unanimous and he's like i understand people vote against him turns to ash yeah is it unanimous now (laughs) yeah yeah that
0: is just one of the best moments Mm -hmm. it is so good i also love it because satan for being the i don't know leader of hell really seems to be a rule follower
1: i know he really is he follows just, all these rules
0: yeah which is so strange to me because mm-hmm. leader of hell but whatever so he's there and he created this council fifty thousand years ago um so that i guess the people would have i don't know a role or something and so I love seeing him be like, yeah, this isn't serving me. And so I'm going to make it serve me.
1: Hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: So that I think is he's, great.
1: he's probably one of my favorite characters in this book.
0: I agree. We see a lot of range with him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, his character, I feel like when we saw him in the first book, he was definitely like crotchety old guy who Mm -hmm. had resigned himself to being a crotchety old guy Mm -hmm. and in his interactions with Janelle and in realizing his love for her decide and well, being dosed with her blood that she gave him so that he would like be revitalized, I guess. Um, It's almost like he's got a new, definitely a new perspective on life, a new will to live again and to be a dad and to care for her and i just we see such a change in his character
1: we do and he goes to this like he becomes like this like oh, exasperated person he's like oh gosh these like children are staying with me <laughs> the mm. youths um but we also see when he's sad, like he cries actually that's something i noticed in this um book is that like the males cry yeah and nobody's like uh. Like, be a man or anything like that. And I really liked that. Everyone was just like, okay, you're sobbing. I'm sorry. (laughs) They're there. Don't be cry. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, it wasn't written as if, like, it was out of the ordinary or anything. It's just just written. Yeah. Into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's nice.
0: The characters, the male characters seem to have, like, quite a bit of emotional range especially we see a lot of that in Satan because of all of the trauma that he I don't know if we would call it trauma but just like the experiences that he endures in trying to keep Janelle safe but and also of I mean like learning so there's the scene where he um, Hecate tries to get the headmaster of the school that Janelle gets enrolled in to um be on her side basically, or he is on her side. He's like her spy. Mm-hmm. And so Satan invites the guy to his house because Janelle has found where someone like a young witch has died on the grounds of the school, basically, mm-hmm. um, at his hands. And so Satan executes the guy and He doesn't enjoy it. Like you would think the leader of hell would be like on board with murder, but like, it's a really uncomfortable experience for him. Not just because he ends up killing the person, but in experiencing, like digging through this guy's mind, seeing the things that he has thought about and done to children. Like it leaves a taint on him. And we see him when he sees Janelle, like he's emotional when he sees her after he does that. And he goes to her for support. Um, it's just, it's, we have lots of sweet moments with this guy who you would think would be just like, I don't know, gruff and powering through. And we don't have that. There's vulnerability in this, in this character.
1: Yeah. And he's after, um, after that happens, right. And he goes to her, she sings him like the song, like in the old language or something Mm -hmm. right and it comforts him so much and i love we see like everybody almost come to janelle for comfort you know the kindred come to her Mm -hmm. um he comes to her in the next book more people do and i i kind of love seeing her character be that person you know Mm -hmm. um after everything she's gone through yeah still be this and give this she's definitely um
0: kind of standoffish with everybody mm-hmm. when she comes out of her coma and the other characters miss her
2: mm-hmm. because she
0: she doesn't like remember exactly what happened to her
2: yeah it's like they, she knows
0: something traumatic like you don't go into a coma for two years without something traumatic happening to you yeah right? but she doesn't really
1: have like the the memory right Yeah, all they tell her is that she was hurt badly. They don't go into any details other than that. Um, Just saying she was hurt badly. But yeah, when she comes to and she's not like hanging out with people as she would. There's this like scene where all of the other people are, uh, it's like Adelvar and Prothar and Memphis. I always want to call them Memphis. Mm -hmm. They're all like, she won't see us. All of a sudden she's shy. Like, ah, like what we want to hang out with her? Yeah. It's this really cute, like moment. It
0: is really cute. Like they, I feel like in the first book, a lot of times she's just like the energetic kid and they're, it's almost like they're reluctant to love her. Mm -hmm. It's like, she's going to make you love her no matter what. And they're like, uh, but they secretly love it. And so (laughs) now she's like, uh, and they're like, wait, 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 we loved it. Come back. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just really there's like a little bit of a a role reversal type of thing there. And she's still recovering from lots of trauma. But what I really like is that she's still her way of like reconnecting or connecting with Satan is. He his condition has kind of deteriorated with him not taking her blood while she's healing, and so she tries to nurse him back to health. And she gives him these like ridiculously strong healing types of potions. It's like a kick in the gut. Like it it helps, but it feels like it's knocking you down, basically. And so he um, he tries to get Mephist and Andalvar and Profar to take a drink of it so they can experience it too. And Andalvar is like, "Wait, I need one too." that's how they try to get her to like, to like at least touch base with them. Like, I need you to bring me a healing tonic too also. And -hmm. then they, they, they figure out like, if we like wait for some of the potency of this to wear off and we have her bring us another one, we'll see her twice. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was just so great seeing Janelle, like have people care about her. We didn't get the level of that. As we did like in the last book, right? We got like everybody loved her in this book, pretty much. Yeah. And it was yeah. it was good to see that.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, and she knows that they love her. But mm-hmm. like, um, I feel so in the last book, the thing that was holding her back was that she had been told that they wouldn't want her. Right. If they knew what had happened to her in the Briarwood hospital, like they wouldn't want her. And so I feel like this is really good. Like we're seeing they want her no matter what. Mm-hmm. They love her no matter what. Um, and that's, it's nice to see that. It's nice to see her have that type of support because her family interior was trash. I was real disappointed that Greer wasn't dead for real. Mm-hmm. like dead dead he's like dead in hell but not really dead I don't understand the rules um but also that he's Hecate's minion and that she's sending him out on missions and I just hated him so much and it gave me so much anxiety that he was still alive and trying to like be sneaky and then at one point he was hiding within the 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 hall uh Satan's house mm-hmm And I just, oh, I just hated it so much. And I freaking loved it when Tishan and her harpies stake him to a tree and slowly cut him apart and feed him to the hellhounds. And then she splits his head open so his brain can be consumed. Like just the ferocity. Tishan is the best.
1: Yeah, I really like the character. She's a harp- She's a leader of the harpies, and it's it's funny because there's one point where um, it's mentioned to surreal that oh, your mom's like a harpy. And she's like, my mom isn't a harpy. Stop calling her that. And she's like, no, a harpy just gets her name because of the way that they were killed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like your mom's a badass. Yeah, that's what we're trying to say. Yeah, she is the bomb
0: hmm yeah yeah um but with that i needed satan to take like a more offensive approach against Hecata, and i got annoyed with his passivity mm-hmm Like we keep flashing over to her and she's coming up with a new plot and a new plan and a new way to subvert him and to try to get in contact with Janelle and then to try to get like Janelle married off and to try to like control her. And so she plots and takes action and he's shocked every time and he mounts an attack against her, but that's it. And he just waits for the next thing to happen like stop
1: waiting i guess it's that i don't know protocol or whatever the rules that he follows i guess so but i did really like when he sent all of the people who all of the dead who are loyal to her to the they called the final darkness Mm -hmm. um so that they're dead dead i guess um And that like not definitely like hit her pretty hard. Like that's when the time she shows up on Dorothea's, like doorstep and like her face is hidden because her boom, she's like all drained of her power and everything. Yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, it
0: was really gratifying. But that's about I'm it. Pre- I'm pretty sure at that point he did that because. Hakita uh, had made arrangements for Janelle to uh, be tricked into getting married and had been drugged. Mm-hmm. Was that when that had happened?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, so Janelle was like forced into marriage, given drugs that almost destroyed her, nearly raped. She exploded her like husband or f- I don't know what he, I don't know if he even counts as a husband in that situation. And so, again, it's another reaction. Like, it was a very gratifying reaction when he cut up that schoolmaster. Like, he bought this really beautiful chest and cut up the headmaster and sit, sent the pieces of the body within the chest to Hecata as a price. Like, it was a delight to read.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I loved it. But I, I'm just like, oh, it was just like this game of like, she acts and he acts, she acts and he acts, she acts and he acts like I wanted him to act first. Stop waiting to get hit.
1: Yeah. Stop being on the defensive. Be on, be yeah. Offensive.
0: Be offensive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, but I did really like that, that scene that you just mentioned. And I did really like as part of that scene, Tishan shows up in Satan's um office and is like, yeah, I noticed you've kind of been cleaning house and hell. And I noticed that you like got rid of all of Hecate's followers. And he's like, hmm, did I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't want to make an announcement or anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, hmm, what an interesting observation. If you happen to find anybody that I missed, uh, go ahead and kill them for me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I the drama?
1: I'm the drama (laughs) so (laughs) this idea so kind of branching off a little bit of the like final darkness I guess Um, this idea of the afterlife that exists I I really like so we also see somebody coming to Satan later on and being like hey I'm bored send me off to be dead dead right and this version of the afterlife is one that I like really like like this idea of you die. You go to wherever, you can do whatever you want for however Jeremy Bearamys you want, if you've seen The Good Place, that's um, Jeremy Bearamys, like the time, like um, in the afterlife. and And then when you're ready, right? you just you ask you can you can just go right and you don't yeah. know like necessarily what happens and I really like that because like the thought so I hate the thought of dying and there being nothing but also the thought of dying and then like still living for eternity like that's kind of terrifying too yeah you know like how long like that's eternity yeah um we get bored and stuff so I like the idea of like if you're bored or like that you can or like once you finally find full peace you just go happily Yeah. I yeah
0: I like that too um especially in that scene that you're you're talking about specifically there's a guy who is deep and dead now he was a renowned and fantastic artist when he was alive and he died and he was like, well, I can still paint.
2: So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to hang
0: out in hell for a while. But then he runs out of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And then he comes to Satan's house and is like, yeah, I'm going to be dead for real. And then the horde of teenage girls that are staying at his house, they come in and they're like, "Our, our teacher sucks. Will you teach us? And he's like, yeah. I loved everything about that scene. It was so great. He was like, this is terrible. We need to do it better. <laughs> and then later on, Vanell is like, um, can we use a wall? Because he said that we need like more space.
1: Yes. And I love just like what happens with their teachers. Like they've like shocked them into running off or something like that. And Satan's like, why didn't you tell me? He's like, who are these people that I have hired? Yeah. And then I like that what they do is then they find like these famous people who are experts in their field that are dead who can teach them. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, we don't see, we don't see Cassandra much in this book. So I've, I feel like I have a better understanding of what she is now. She was the the witch before. Mm-hmm. And she decided to fake her death and become a guardian so that she could help the next the next witch that came along.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it sounds like she did it for like self-serving reasons, because she's a real judgy bitch. Like she is super jealous that Satan is close with Janelle because she stuck around, Cassandra stuck around so she could become the next guardian so that she could be what Satan is to Janelle. So she's jealous of Satan's relationship with Janelle. And then she's also really like hateful about Janelle having friends that are dead and are interacting with harpies and being friends with Char and the children on the, the island of dead children, and also being friends with unicorns and dogs and cats and horses and like she's like she needs a normal life like th- you there's no way this child could have had a normal
1: life though yeah yeah I didn't I didn't find Cassandra a compelling character no
0: I feel like she's excess at this point and fortunately <laughs> I mean she's not really in this book a whole lot she shows up maybe a couple of times which is great um because I find her character really annoying when she is present in this book. So I was like, girl, I'm I'm sorry things didn't work out the way that you wanted it to, but you're the one that chose not to die, so. Oh. Annoying. She annoyed me. hmm
1: Oh, we find
0: out who Lauren is.
1: Didn't we know who Lorne was? It's mentioned in the other one that he was a dragon. Yeah,
0: but like we knew nothing about him. Okay. The dragons are like the creators of the blood. Mm -hmm. And everybody comes from the blood. Everybody's a dragon. Mm -hmm. And Lorne is like the prince. I guess he was the consort to the queen. Is that or her son? I don't know. Um, The queen of the dragons. And so we find out in this book, like, I, I didn't remember Lauren much from the first book but his name got mentioned a few times and I was like who the hell is this character and then in this book we really find out who this character is so he is uh he's served the queen the dragons decided like all right we're good we're just we're gonna die now and so they did <laughs> and the queen was the last and she just I don't know like scattered her body across the land or something and Lauren was the last and they he like disappeared and they didn't really know what happened to him but now they know he's been at the keep this whole time
1: how do you not know there's like a dragon in your keep
0: I think it. I I don't know because Janelle a few times has been like oh yeah no Lauren is gigantic and so I don't know if they just when she would say things like that would be like okay that's just Janelle I mean she saw unicorns so Mm -hmm. whatever whatever um but at the end Lorne is like alive and well and he lives in the mountain and Satan is like no that looks like a dragon but it's not real and then it (laughs) blinks and he's like oh god (laughs)
1: that's a dragon (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then I love how his scales are uncut gems Yeah. And Satan wonders if that's where like all the the higher up people, I I don't know um, if that's where all their um, jewels come from. Right. Because Satan wonders, oh, is there like a patch of his um, scales missing for his for his black jewel? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's mentioned that Lauren does like Lauren gifted Janelle all of those jewels.
0: So when this book starts out, Janelle is 12. She's in a coma for two years. She wakes up. She's 14, going on 15.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Getting to watch her grow up is really nice. Um, I, like, my favorite moments with her were Like when her friends show up, she has a birthday party when she turns 15, and everyone is like scared that nobody's going to come to this party. Mm -hmm. And all of her friends from when she was younger and she would travel to all of the realms, all of her friends show up. And they're like, Oh, yeah. And by the way, we're staying for the whole rest of the summer.
1: I Uh, loved that.
0: (laughs) I love how they were like, Yeah, I don't care if your dad is Satan, we're staying we're mm-hmm. we're staying so haha sleepover um and and her her uh scenes where she's interacting with the kindred are great and I also just really love the idea of like this 50,000 year old super powerful super knowledgeable ruler of hell being beholden to a house of teenage queens and their male cousins and consorts and escorts or whatever um and just like Making sure that they stay out of trouble mm-hmm. and don't cause too much chaos. Yeah. That's great. Like, excellent, like, frustrated, but happy about it. Dad vibes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, when a dad, like, he's like, I don't want a dog or I don't want a cat. And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks later, who's a good girl? Yes yes yeah those vibes yes um (laughs) yes i loved out of her friends that i mean we meet a couple but i think the one also we see the most is um carla yeah loved her she writes like this really um nasty letter i guess to satan Mm -hmm. (laughs) and at first he's like horrified then he's like oh it was written by one of her friends yes and that was when she was still in a coma. And then um, when Janelle has her party and Carla, she's the first one to show up. And she just like immediately just says, you have tits. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's uh, bold. Yes. yes. Very sassy. Um. And. Yeah. I liked her too. And her poor cousin, he's the one that's responsible for like keeping her out of trouble. You get the sense that he's just like wringing his hands the entire yes. time afraid of what she's going to say.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. She was a great character. Um, and I also love the way that like, I mean, these, these kids, they like teenagers, they grow up basically in this house with Satan and with Janelle. And so we see how their, their relationship and their friendship kind of evolves over time. And they start to call him like their uncle. And when they all ascend to power, Carla's like, "Uh guess what, uncle Satan, you're going to have to deal with me on a government level from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Kiss, kiss. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Kiss, kiss. Yeah. And she would
2: do that.
0: Yeah. So the tone, the tone of this book is certainly much lighter
2: than the Mm. other book.
0: We get lots of nice little moments like this one. Um, I also really love how annoyed Satan gets at Janelle for not wanting to wear dresses. And the other queens are the same way. One of them shows up to her party with like a bundle of clothes. And she's like, I brought my clothes, like my real clothes, just in case it's like pants writing clothes. Yeah. Satan's like, does nobody (laughs) want to wear a dress? (laughs) <laughs> and I was just thinking like that's spoken by someone who has ready access to deep pockets all the time
2: mm-hmm.
0: and freedom of movement. I don't know. Maybe their dresses are different, I but didn't. I would probably want to wear pants.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel like riding a horse in a dress would just not. You have to do it side saddle, right? I get, or hike your dress up, either way, I feel like it would not be ideal. No. Yeah.
1: And we see a couple other funny moments. So some of the kindred call humans like stupid meat, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was great. And we see the wolves um, who, when they go for walks, they call them walkies. <laughs> Yes, that was so cute. cute. <laughs> so cute. It was like there was like this one part where it's like, um, Lucifer, because I highlighted it because it had walkies in it, and he like stopped at the half point pl- wait, uh, place for walkies. <laughs> I was like, what? Yes,
0: <laughs> it was great. That was precious. Mm-hmm.
2: It was, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. lots of cute little moments like that, too. Yeah. Um, there's this, so Kakata has been manipulating the dark council, which is like the ruling body, I guess, and clear, um, has been working with this guy. His name is Lord Jorval, which the name Jared. Yeah. He's like that. He's a Kyle or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jorval. Uh, to undermine Satan, basically. So she has started this rumor and spread it, courtesy of Dorfall that uh Satan is um what's actually inappropriate with Janelle. Basically, he's a pedophile. He's abusing her, and they send these two guys, Lord Magstrom and Lord Fryall, I think, to the house to like do a welfare check, basically, of Janelle. And uh, one of them, Lord Frile, is super insulting and so Janelle inca- incapacitates him um, and nearly kills him, does not kill him because Satan basically throws himself in front of the guy. Um, but then, so they call this meeting and they try to take her from Satan. Then she shows up and she's like, all right, uh, you can um what is it that she says she's like
1: you can appoint me a new guardian um the next time the sun rises yes yeah something along those lines and mm. then the sun just doesn't rise again i love that so much yeah especially because satan was all like oh my god it's fine she's outgrown me i'm gonna kill myself like that was literally his thought like so dramatic <laughs> so, <laughs> am i the drama you're right <laughs> am i the drama yeah he was literally gonna kill himself um and all her friends are like oh no you just gotta wait it out dude like what exactly did she say right and then yeah the sun does not rise yes for like yeah. three days, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yep, and finally, Lord Magstrom shows up, and he's like, um Satan, you have to let the sun come out, and Satan's like, "I'm not doing this. This is not me. This is her,
1: and this is happening because of you. Yes, I love that. I actually highlighted um his whole speech there. He was like, "You try to take my daughter away from me, and now you want me to fix this? Mhm, no." You fix it. Although he does try, he goes to Janelle and he's like, "Oh, think of like the animals that need like sun and the plants." And she's like, "The sun's been rising for them, just hasn't been for the blood." Like, that was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I loved seeing her develop her powers and like her character too. Just came, you know, just watching her change throughout this book is. Is great,
0: yes. I think it's scenes like that where we get to see how cunning she is, too. Because mm-hmm. in the last book, she's underestimated a lot, like her family thinks she's unintelligent and demented, and she's very intelligent and very clever. And we really get to see that play out in this story with scenes like this.
2: Mm-hmm. Although,
0: I don't understand how. So, part of this arrangement apparently ends up being that she can stay with satan but she has to go to like the court in little toriel for like a, a week or something
1: mm-hmm. a
0: year or a month i thought it was a month oh okay i guess a month uh which seems like a crap arrangement to be socialized. she has to socialize basically they're concerned about her socialization
2: mm-hmm. she
0: lives in a house full of queens but okay they're concerned about her socialization whatever um, and it's a bad deal. We find out. So we kind of flash forward like to when she's 18, I think, and she's taking care of Lucivar. and we'll go back to that in a second, but she's taking care of Lucifer and she ends up going. And then she comes back to the cabin and is like super weak. Hasn't eaten for four days. Hasn't slept for four days. And we find out it's because she has to go to this court and she can't trust anything anybody gives her.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: She has nightmares for days after and just experienced lots of trauma. And I don't. Like how is no one questioning the way that she returns me. And I know that you mentioned like in our notes that she goes to the cabin but this has been going on since she was like 15. So she hasn't been going to the cabin the whole time.
1: But he built that cabin for her a while ago.
0: Yeah, but she comes back at one point to the house and Satan right. says she always kind of looks like this after she oh. comes back from being at the court.
1: Yes, that's right. You know what? I highlighted that and said, why don't you ask her, Satan? Satan yeah like why is no one questioning oh janelle looks like shit
2: Uh,
0: ask the questions so mm -hmm. there were so many times when i was reading this and i was like why is no one questioning this like no one's questioning this no one's trying to find lucifer Mm -hmm. they're like oh yeah satan at one point it's like yeah i guess i should look for him what (laughs) (laughs) same with damon like and Satan's like, yeah, I, we saw Damon like two years ago. I wonder why he didn't come through the gates. Oh, well.
1: I know he like at one point is like, oh, Damon, where are you? Why haven't you come look for the dude <laughs> like you like, especially because they can be connected on like a web, like they're both black jewels.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not like, oh, my God. All look, right, dude, we're
0: just, just going to go with it i wonder where he is but i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna look Mm -hmm. okay and then speaking of lucifer so he goes to prison for like five years in the salt mines and that so we talked last week about the ways that this book is allegedly what sarah j mass based her book off of the akatar books and like a small similarity here is going to be like the salt mine, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So Selena and Throne of Glass gets sent to the salt mines in Adobe here. Um, So there's like a little bit of similarity there. And I do feel like there is a little bit of a similarity of like, we're waiting for the right moment. Cause Selena kind of does that when she, and she's not even really trying to escape when she does this, but she like slaughters like a hundred Guards and gets like six inches away from the wall at some point, like she was waiting for her moment. And we see that type of setup with um, what's his name, lucifer in this one. So he's waiting for his moment to die, basically mm-hmm. like his last grandstand. He breaks out of prison, he flies away. The magic cock ring is like causing him pain, and he escapes to whatever it is. I forget what the name of the run thing is. And I didn't understand what you were talking about in our last episode when you were talking about like the run and the similarity between that and this, but that's actually, that shows up in this one. There's some type of like flying
2: obstacle course, course. basically.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. That he goes to, and that's his last grandstand and he's dying and gets torn apart as he tries to navigate this run and that's going to be the end for him so he gets to the end of it says okay i'm gonna die he like falls through the sky and then wakes up to janelle Mm
1: -hmm. and so i'm just gonna back up a tiny bit when he's so there's a scene where he's crying and it mentions that he's got the slime developing on his wings because it's gonna Mm -hmm. eat them up and so when he goes to escape his wings are almost useless and he has to spend a lot of energy with craft to hold them up to work Mm -hmm.
0: it was really sad
1: it was well in that scene though he was like but that's not why he was crying And he kept listing things and then it was like the reason he was crying was because he thought Janelle was dead, which was really, it was a cute little, well, cute, sad, whatever. But yes, so um, he does his run, he almost dies, he wakes up to Janelle and it's what, like three weeks or something Mm -hmm. later and she's healed his wings like completely. And he doesn't believe it. At one point he asks her, like, it's just like for looks, isn't it? Or something. It's just cosmetic. And she's like, no, it, your wings will be like, they will work. You just have to take it easy for the next three months. And, but yeah, his waking up, he was just like, so happy to see her. And then it immediately launches into this like brother sister relationship where he's this older protective brother.
0: Yes. I love okay. their relationship. Me too. I love how he is instantly like, um, maybe you should take Like she has just woken up from being healed. And he's like, um, how dare you heal me and not take care of yourself? (laughs) I know she has been like Satan's been there helping her at this, this whole time as well, but he's instantly Mm -hmm. like, how come you didn't take care of you while you were trying to take care of me instantly goes into protector mode and stays that way. I love, reading about their relationship it's really nice to see janelle have someone who is so committed to protecting her yes but also like joking around with her it's not like father because satan does that too like he's like everyone is committed to protecting her but like uh lucifer i feel like pushes her
1: yeah there's that scene where he she comes back from she come back from the little Sherelle or she comes back from trying to find Damon. I don't remember what she came back from, but he's like forcing her to eat basically mm-hmm. until she finally gets to like the meat portion. And she's like, eats all of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then some, he just like knows, which is amazing. Like, I mean, cause he doesn't, he spent like what, five minutes with her when he, when she was seven. Yeah. And he's able to tap into this, like, protective, like, figure out, like, what will make her, how far he can push her, and how to make her eat and take care of herself and everything. One not great relationship is his, him and his mom. Oh my gosh, she's the worst. Right? Lucian. Whatever, she doesn't even deserve a name. Um... (laughs) so one of the things i found interesting is so she turned this against like so lucifer thought that his father hated him because he had threatened to like slit his throat in the cradle but not realizing that it was because his mom said well she was gonna cut off his wings mm-hmm. right and i don't understand why she hates this wing thing so much like being able to fly sounds so cool yeah but the other thing wasn't so when janelle was healing him she did it herself instead of asking his mom for help because she didn't trust her Mm -hmm. to heal his wings yeah and it's like what does she have what i mean there's a lot wrong with her yes um but like especially this like insane hatred against his wings it's just gosh yeah
0: i think part of that like i've feel like it's mentioned or something that she didn't have a great relationship with her father.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so maybe that's where some of that is coming from. And she wanted. Um, Lucifer to be able to grow up and just have like a normal life and maybe not stick out. With the wings and you would definitely stick out with the wings and possibly be, I don't know, like discriminated against maybe um but i really like that i would say that you know maybe being willing to cut your baby's own throat is a little extreme in terms of the links that you would go to pro- to protect <laughs> them uh but i like how willing he was to go to bat for his son
2: mm-hmm.
0: and how him explaining the circumstances to lucivar is an enormously illuminating moment for them. It also demonstrates how manipulative Luthien was of Lucifer as a child. And that continues into adulthood, I think. I could not stand her. Yeah. She's awful. She, so Satan asks her to tutor Janelle, basically. And so we learn about like how they met and how he sired Lucifer. And so she's mad. Luthien is mad at Satan, Because he volunteered to make her first attempt at sex pleasant to get her through the, uh, whatever. So she could have access to all of her power without shattering the chalice or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that was a job that people had. And he was one of those and he was really old. And so he thought he was like infertile. Um, and Luthia needed this to happen because, um, dorothea was going through and killing everyone who was powerful right and so he thought he was infertile and he was just doing a job um and she lied about taking contraception but she's mad at him because she got pregnant
1: yeah and he didn't love her
0: yeah even though their sex arrangement was basically just like transactional like, it was literally a job. It was like, this is a thing that people do. You can't fall in love with me. It's just
1: a thing to get you through this thing. Yep. And then what's even more uh, frustrating about that is she wants her son to basically be that person. Yeah. Later on, like, to have, like, sex with the girls on their virgin night to get uh-huh. them through it. Um. Like... Oh my God.
0: Lucian never has a conversation that we're privy to where it's like, oh yeah, where have you been for the last thousand years or so? What you been doing? Oh, being forced to have sex with people and being tortured. Oh, okay. I get so mad when Roxy comes on to Lucifer. So Roxy's like her student or whatever. Roxy comes on to Lucifer and Lucifer like pushes her away very aggressively says like no i'm not gonna have sex with you and lucy and was like oh like it's such a hardship
1: right well then roxy too is like you got me aroused you have to have sex with me and so he breaks off the, the um, table leg. leg yeah yeah leg, and is like here use that <sighs>
0: I'm like so frustrated
1: yeah first off like the audacity of these women like what happened in this universe like to give them like this sort of oh, I audacity. feel like this is the
0: reverse of what happens with men and women where men are like well you got me hard so
1: right like the whole blue balls thing
0: yeah I'm gonna suffer if you don't have sex with me
1: we also find Roxy at one point also hitting on Satan when Janelle is there Mm-hmm. And Janelle starts to, like, lose her shit. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the, like, first times, like, we kind of see her maybe confronting her memory a little bit. Because she's like, I feel like I knew someone who, like, that happened to, who kept being forced, like, like but I don't know where or how or who, right? Mm-hmm. We see these, like, connections kind of almost happening. Um in that moment, there are some
0: differences that are highlighted, and I think this is where we start to identify the real corruption between Tariel and Khalir. Um, and the ways that they honor, like that follow the the old ways versus the way that they don't in Tariel. Um, and so the cock ring is the ring of obedience mm-hmm. crafted by Dorothea, and it's used to punish the males who wear it who are slaves basically. Um, whereas in Tariel, it's like a ring of honor, and so they don't cause the people who wear it pain. You have to wear it as a sign of your like sub servitude and loyalty to the person that you work with, and that's why, um, or work under or serve, and that's why Lucifer wears it. Um, he asked
1: for it specifically,
0: too. I think that, yeah. He wanted it, but I think that Janelle was like, no, we'll get around it, but I'm pretty sure that they have to wear it.
1: Yeah. Well, um, uh, what was I going to say about these? I just, I assumed it was a ring on his finger for whatever reason. I guess I it is not-, not, I've, yes, I looked. I've like, that's so bizarre. Sorry. I'm still reeling from this. <laughs> um, Especially, so there's one point though where Janelle says, oh, he's never giving me that ring back, is he? But at the same point, like, no, you can, you can keep it. Put it in your drawer. <laughs> yeah, I don't need it
0: back. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it back. <laughs> I don't want this ring that's been wrapped around your penis for ages.
1: Yeah, no, no thank you. You can keep it as a memento.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um,
0: yeah, and so perspective differences here it's considered like a ring of honor and they don't use it to control males um it's used to like show that you serve someone um, but also that they trust you and that they're considered loyal to you but also we see and this gets highlighted later in the book too how the males are viewed differently and also how the Females, the queens behave differently in Kalir versus Interior. And so, um, and this comes to light when with Hecata manipulating Dorval, they start letting queens come in as immigrants basically and giving them land in Kalir. And Lord Magstrom mentions having Uh, young males write to him pleading to be sent to like like distant realms far away to get away from queens uh, Mm -hmm. because they have tortured them and there's mention of uh, one of the warlords killing a queen uh, because he was being mistreated by her and so we we really see the difference between like how the men in Collier are choosing to serve the queen Yes.
1: Um, because Satan makes that point too. He's like, I've got a secret for you. You don't choose us, we choose you. Yeah. Right. And that was that was good. So Lucifer asks um one of the queens at one point, well, what do you do when you have a male who like doesn't want to serve you or is like obedient? Like, how do you control that? Like, how do you have him in court? And she goes, Who would want that? you know, like who would want them in the court? And it's like, just kind of blows his mind. He's like, Oh, they would just like not have me in their court. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh no. That, I mean, that's a really good point too. It just, um, highlights the difference between the realms, but also highlights the level of corruption that you, that has permeated to real in Dorothea's attempts to gain power and Hecata's attempts to gain power
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's even further highlighted when Hecata pushes Jorval to uh, give away the kindred lands to the immigrant queens mm-hmm. um, and results in the slaughter of uh, the unicorns it that that chapter was so hard to read. Yes. Um, it was just, it was so
1: I, like I just hate it when they kill the animals. <laughs> I know. I have to say this is one of the instances though where killing the animals actually does drive a plot forward. Yeah. Right. We have the first time it happens, so they kill a bunch of wolves, right? Mm-hmm. For their pelts. And we see Janelle's power with this with this one because she goes, if she wants pelts, I'm going to, they can have their pelts. And she, I guess, puts some sort of spell or something on them so that the hunter thinks that he's skinning the wolves, but he's skinning his, like, fellow man. So when he, like, he's bringing back their skin, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then we have the unicorn slaughter, which is horrible to read, but it drives the plot forward and it, and she sees it as having to, like, Okay, I have to defend my territory. I have to stand up for these the, these like innocents and everything. Um, I have to make the offering and I have to set up court. So yeah. it does actually drive the plot forward. Yeah,
0: I really liked that. Mm-hmm. She goes to the Dark Council and is like, "Look, the Kindred don't need your help. They don't need humans to help them live." And Jorval's like, well, you don't really have a say because you're not the queen of anything. And she's like, all right. Um, And up to this point, she's been like, yeah, I don't want to be the queen. I don't want to be in power, but this happens. And she's like, fuck humanity. I'll do it for the animals. Right. <laughs> and becomes the queen of everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. This is a very relatable sentiment. I would do this too. <laughs> I don't care about the humans. Kill yourselves all you want. But when you start messing with the unicorns,
1: I know. you are going to fight. <laughs> she goes and she makes the offering and she's gone for like three days. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not supposed to take that long. And Satan's like pacing back and forth, you know, like wants to go in and see what's going on. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But when she comes out, she has a new jewel ebony so it's darker than black she has created what is that the 14th jewel or something right there 13th i don't know but so she is like way above everyone she's insanely powerful and she's got multiple of them too right so there are several times where she's described as like her clothes this is another one of the times that we get like these like like really good solid descriptions um with her clothes being decorated with some of like the black chips and stuff from her um her stones right and channeling power that way in her clothes and through the um stone chips and stuff mm-hmm. um which i think we saw that at the unicorn like burial kind of
2: mm-hmm. whatever you
1: describe that but yeah so she comes and she's got like several ebony jewels and she's like mm, this is mine <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. so and, great yeah and so she picks her court, right? And she's picking like all of her friends, right? And all of her friends are like these crazy powerful people. And Satan's kind of like, how are they? Like they're already in another court. Like because mm-hmm. some of the men that she's picking they are already serving other queens. And so Satan's like, I don't understand what's happening here. And then she hasn't said his name and it gets to the very end.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, she-
1: <laughs> and all of
0: the queens have like, Declared there is this when they start no, declaring yet. their allegiance. Oh, okay, not yet,
1: not yet. Um. So yeah, so finally it gets to him, and she asks him to be, you know, like on her court, and because he's like leading up, and he's like hurt, and he's like, oh my god, she's not gonna ask me again with the drama.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> she's not gonna ask me a, and she's like, I just wanted you to see what you'd be getting into as the steward. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't think of that. um So she finally has all of her court. I think um Lucifer she picks to be not weapons master. About something. No, he's
0: her escort.
1: Her escort, right? And then Andalvar is someone I think, right? He's the
0: master of her guard. He's the master of the guard. Satan is her
1: steward. Satan's her steward. And Damon's gonna be her consort. Yeah. Um. So she kind of, I don't know, I pictured it as like her sitting on her throne. And then like, all of a sudden, I think Carla starts it. She's like, um, I don't remember the name of her land, but she's like, yields to, what is their name? Ebok Askvi Ebon Askavi. Oh, Ebon. I have a K here. Right? I yield to them. And then like all of the other queens start doing it. And then someone I'm just saying, he's like, oh yeah, me, me too. Yeah. And it was such like, I teared up. I was like, oh my God, yeah. it was a really powerful scene. And
2: um,
0: again, I think that just kind of feeds into the cleverness that we've seen in Janelle, but also the dedication that people have to her and the love that her friends have for her. Mm-hmm. Because in doing this, she claims like, I don't know, almost all of Collier.
1: Yeah. Well, at the, except I think it's
0: for little to, to real
1: yeah um I think that's one of like or close to the last line in the book is that Janelle just became like queen of all of the shadow realm or something yeah so good for her
0: Yes. Yeah. And this becomes important because she then goes back to the dark council where they're still like hearing complaints for all of these Queens that they promised land to who are now mad because their servants are being eaten by the kindred that actually live on and belong to that land. And she's like, Hi guys, I'm the queen of everything right now, and people like she strolls in, and like the members of the Dark Council are super grumbly or whatever, and she's like surprise, bitch, and she pulls out. She's covered in jewels, right? Mm -hmm. She had all of her jewels, like she looks fabulous, dripping in ebony jewels, and she pulls out a scepter, and for some reason, I imagined the scepter from Sailor Moon, the whatever (laughs) (laughs) scepter with a unicorn horn mm-hmm. <laughs> that belonged to her best unicorn friend ktn i don't know how you say it, but who was slaughtered by these assholes from uh toriel and she like caught and this maybe is why the sailor moon things come to mind she like calls the lightning into her scepter <laughs> and disperses dark power and energy into the dark council and she's like I'm gonna need you to shut up while I'm talking. It's so ferocious. And she's like, "Here are all of the lands that I'm now the queen of. You can suck my dick, and I'll see you never." Yes. and it's amazing. It is. Stay out of my territory. That's what she says. She doesn't tell him to suck her dick. That's what <laughs> I would say. She says, "Stay out of my territory." Bye. Mm-hmm. Mic drop. Everyone's reeling. It's glorious. It was easier to find a quote for this one
1: than the last one yes it was i actually had a couple but i just picked one
0: yeah so i liked this one and andelvar is the one that says this to satan and it's after i think it's after the kindred are slaughtered and satan feels like his hands are tied um and he doesn't like what do you do in that situation? Do you keep going with like the law? Because technically they don't have a place to interfere. And so he says this when honor and the law no longer stand on the same side of the line, how do we choose? Uh, I really liked that and I also felt like I don't know weirdly everything fantasy that we've read has been topically relevant to where life is right now uh, in the real world but I felt like that kind of spoke to some of the legislative things that have happened recently.
1: Yes. Yeah I liked that quote too I had highlighted it um so the one I picked was, I believe Carla says it to Satan and she's like, um, we aren't ladies. We don't want to be ladies. We're witches, <laughs> which I love. Who, who, who doesn't want to be a witch? Truly. I want to be a witch. Yeah. You know, like, I just, I thought it was a nice little like fun one too. Cause I think Satan was, I think it was talking about like their teachers and stuff. Mm-hmm. um and then also them not wearing dresses she's like we don't want to be ladies i love that it was great she's
0: so sassy
1: mm-hmm. i enjoy her character yeah yeah
0: all righty well i think that is gonna wrap up air to the shadows unless you have something else to say
2: nope
0: okay All right so then that wraps it up uh join us next week for the last book in this series it's called queen of the darkness and the week after that i'm pretty sure we have something exciting on our schedule i'm pretty sure we'll be doing another episode with our friend stacy McEwen, who is um she has the uh tiktok page stacebook space and instagram page facebook space but also she's releasing a book in september her first book and it's called ledge so she'll be joining us for our episode that week it's called for or we'll be discussing the book for the wolf and we'll hopefully be able to talk to her a little bit about her book that's coming out so join us for that in the future too thank you for listening to literary quest we hope you enjoyed our episode If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.